On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, I interview Casey Spencer. He's the world EV range record holder about his record-setting 26-hour drive. The 100D battery option appears to be imminent. Tesla hires an augmented reality designer and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 69 for November 27th, 2016. The holiday season is officially upon us. And as I mentioned last week, quick, up, quick update on uh, your friend and mine, MTB, as uh, you've come to affectionately call Maggie the Boxer. We had our big, big checkup for her tongue lesion, her uh, non-cancerous tongue lesion. And <laughs> I have to say that talking to the, the doctor face-to-face he seems continually startled that this is not cancerous. In fact, he even, which it's like, come on, man. He even was like, well, it could, st- it could still be cancerous. Like, dude, we no, don't say that to me. Even if it might be true, we took the biopsy. It's clean, but we'll keep an eye on it. So uh, we they they uh, sedated her a little bit and took a look under that tongue, and it's it's better. It's still very much there, but it's better. So we're. And it hasn't, knock on wood, hasn't been bleeding. So we're just going to stay on prednisone and you know, anti-inflammatory steroid to try and quicken the healing and reduce the inflammation. And uh, we're going to keep doing that for a month. And then she, he's having me actually see another specialist that's more mouth-related because this guy's an internal medicine specialist since she had all, you know, they were sticking cameras down her stomach and all kinds of stuff before finding the tongue lesion. So... There's your Maggie the Boxer update. It's it's good news. It's not quite the ideal uh, news I was hoping for, which is, hey, it's gone. Good, we did it. <laughs> but hopefully we're going to be able to get to that point. Anyway, uh, she is laying on top, literally on top of the couch right now and resting comfortably. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving for all the American listeners and a happy Thursday for the rest of you. Uh, coming up later this at the actually I'm going to put it at the end of the show this week so it's going to be the last 23 minutes I can't give you the time code now because I'm recording now and I have no idea how long this show is actually going to be but it is going to be the the last 23 minutes of the show Casey Spencer is a name you may have heard me mention before because I've I've done stories on him before I've covered him on the podcast he has done a few interesting things in the EV world the most notable of which is he is the current known record holder for furthest distance traveled on a single charge in an electric vehicle. And he did that in his Model S 85D, and he went 550 miles on a 26-hour drive. So uh, he's got a fascinating story about that. Uh, we talk about his track runs. He's, uh, he's been doing a lot of performance testing on just the plain old non-performance 85D which could be of interest to a lot of you uh, Model S owners out there. And just a lot of interesting stuff. He's a hacker. He's a coder. He's got a lot of neat things going on. So unfortunately, uh, I have to admit a mistake to all of you again. This is partially my fault, partially equipment failure, but not not that you care. Uh, the, the, the bottom line is that I did the best I could with some, some tricks that I Googled and some Twitter followers uh, tried to help me out. The... There was a problem with the second microphone where I uh, found out it basically it was dying and it is now dead because I plugged it in to record this week's podcast. Just I grabbed one of the two mics and it didn't work at all. So come to found out, oh, this thing's, this thing's gone. But what you're going to hear on that recording, that interview with Casey Spencer, is you're going to only hear his mic. You will hear me fine, but I'm off mic I'm, because my mic turns out to not work. And then there is a low sort of hum or buzz that's underneath much of the interview. Again, I, I was able to reduce a lot of that. So it should be listenable. It should be okay. But in case it's just awful and you uh, just can't stand it, the, the audio quality, hopefully you like the interview. But uh, it's again, it is the last thing on the show. So if you get there and it bothers you, just hit stop and please accept my apologies. I already apologized to Casey who is now back in Los Angeles. We did this face-to-face uh, earlier this week. So 
Uh, I feel terrible because not only was Casey a great guy and it was great to tell his story, but I thought the interview came out really well. I thought we had a really, really good conversation. I'd intended to, for it to be maybe 10, 15 minutes and end up being 23 minutes long. So do stay tuned at the end of the podcast for that, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, let's do the news. That brings us to this week's Tesla news stories. First up, the 100D. We've all known that it's going to be coming at some point when the P100D came along without the 100D. Everybody went, hey, where's the non-performance version of this? And Tesla, of course, stating that the P100D, it's the, that 100 kilowatt hour pack is uh, a lot of new, like they redid the cooling and there's a lot of sort of voodoo magic in it. So uh, they were sort of only able to produce a few at a time. So they were just doing performance models. We knew the non-performance version would be coming at some point, and it looks like that is going to be rather imminent. So the question is, will it be added before the year is out? And by the way, the reason is uh, it's been found in the source code of the design studio on the website. It's not surfaced to the public-facing level yet, obviously, but this does really give us an indication that it's very, very close. So will it? Will they try to sneak it in before the end of the year, help with the Q4 push? I doubt it, because if Tesla wanted to spur orders for their big Q4 profitability push, it's actually already too late for that, because there's no way, you know, only deliveries count for those uh, numbers, those quarterly income numbers, and there's no way that 100Ds ordered even tomorrow, as I record this, could make year-end delivery. It's just not feasible. So... Uh, I think it's going to be early 2017 as a big push for Q1 onward. You know, uh, I wonder if Tesla might have a total concrete firm date in mind that they're going to flip that switch. Or it's entirely possible that they might be waiting until either the 90D or and or P100D orders lose just the slightest bit of steam. I mean, I've got to figure that the 100D is going to be extremely popular on both the S and the X for different reasons. Uh, hear me out here. So I think for the S, it's going to be an absolute range anxiety killer because we know that based on the P100D, the 100D should clock in with an EPA rating of at least 325 miles because the, uh, the P100D is 315. But it's quite possible that that 100D might be closer to 350. I mean, it's very, very possible. Uh, the, we can't rule it out. You know, with those new electron, the, the sort of new electronics, the new cooling system, the new that new voodoo that goes into those 100 kilowatt hour packs. We're not. It's it's impossible for me to say certainly what the delta is going to be between the performance and non-performance. But you got to figure 325 to 350 on that. So that's going to be of big appeal to buyers who have been sort of waiting for that last bit of range anxiety to be alleviated. And this this pack should do that. And then on the X, that's going to get the X over that ma- sort of magic 300-mile mark, almost certainly, because, again, the P100DX is rated at 289 miles. So I really think Tesla is going to get a huge surge of interest with this battery. Next up this week, a little crossover from my world, from the video game world of sorts, Uh, If you are a video game fan and you do follow either me at IGN or just the video game world in general, you may be familiar with the Microsoft HoloLens. That is uh, Microsoft's AR, augmented reality device that they've been working on very slowly. It's sort of, it's the dev kits are out. It's not a public thing yet, public facing thing that just anybody can buy. But it's it's basically a head-mounted computer. It is a wearable computer. Uh, it does not tether to anything else, and it uses augmented reality to project th- images into, you know, quote-unquote real space. I've done a demo of it, and it's, the demo's incredible. You know, I, I don't know how feasible in, in the real, the quote-unquote real world it is, but uh, I did a demo of, of sort of a Halo experience, the game Halo, where... Uh, it, I had it on and it, it point, it put up a waypoint in my field of vision and, uh, that literally looked like a waypoint 
in the video game. So it's, it's as if I was wearing the Master Chief Mjolnir armor and then brought brought me into a room with a this sort of octagon-shaped table and uh, the holographic projection came up on the table like this mission briefing with a with these these holographic Spartans and you could you could move your head you could just adjust your position and see them from you know any angle as if it was there and it was super cool I really hope it turns out that well in real life uh, anyway I digress uh, Tesla has hired a HoloLens designer from Microsoft by the name of Andrew Kim. He, w- he was the senior designer for HoloLens and new devices at Microsoft. And this is, uh, by the way, via Electric. He changed his LinkedIn profile this week to list his new job as lead designer at Tesla's design studio in Hawthorne, California. Now, uh, the reason, of course, that I bring this up is because it lets your mind wander to one of two places, I think. One, like, okay, why would Tesla hire a guy who'd been working in augmented reality? You think, number one, well, this just gives you more, more uh, grist for the, the, uh, the projected HUD mill. You know, those of us that think, oh, there's going to be a, a heads-up display projected onto the windshield, which, you know, now that we know that the windshield is going to be made of Tesla glass, their own internal glass team, could that be connected somehow? So will it be a projected HUD onto the Tesla glass windshield of the Model 3? Or uh, option two of where your mind might wander to with this hire, will there be maybe augmented reality glasses of some sort to overlay graphics and information on the road in front of you, literally like a video game. Now, I think number one is far more likely for a couple of reasons. One is cost and simplicity, because AR is definitely a newer, more complex, and expensive technology. We've seen HUDs in cars before. Uh, it, It has been done just in a sort of simplistic way. And then the other reason uh, is societal. I just think, if you think back to Google Glass, remember, society basically rejected Google Glass. In part, I know the part of it was certainly that there was a camera in there and you could have your picture taken or video recorded at any time without your knowledge or consent. But there was also the, the part that nobody wanted to wear them. So I wonder if people are going to want to wear glasses, AR glasses, while driving their Tesla. I think probably not. So I, I, my, I would put money more on uh, Mr. Kim doing some HUD work, doing you know working on that HUD that we that we all seem to think is is the most probable course of action. So, nevertheless, a very very fascinating hire for Tesla here and something to keep an eye on as that next reveal for Model 3. Part 3 of the reveal is due here in about three to four months. And the final news story I wanted to get to this week is what I, is just a heartwarming one. I love this story. This comes via Electrek. Uh, shout out to them once again. A group of 300 Tesla owners in Russia have banded together and opened their own service center because Tesla has not yet officially entered the territory. How cool is this? So they're offering all maintenance services as well as repairs, and they can install a SIM card in the car in order to get internet access for the vehicle so you can get over-the-air updates, autopilot, etc. You know, it's a key function of any Model S or Model X. Now, the Moscow Tesla Club president who has since taken on this role full-time. His name is Igor Antaroff. Uh, I hope, I doubt I'm pronouncing that. It's Antaroff or Antar- Antaroff? I'm not quite sure where the accent goes. But uh, this is, again, via electric. He explained that the only other option would have been to ship the vehicles to another European country to get service, at least until Tesla officially enters the market and offers service themselves. But the... Tesla, the Moscow Tesla Club has opened its own service center in Moscow, which is just fantastic. And Electric continues and notes 
that the Moscow Tesla Club plans to grow on its own. They're, organi- they're out there organizing events to promote Tesla in the country, grow the club. Now, to me, what this highlights is the dedication and passion that this company's vehicles, Tesla's vehicles, have brought out of people. There are not a lot of marks that could pull this off, I don't think. Feel free to disagree, but I don't think a lot of uh, marks could, could draw this kind of passion and dedication, especially, especially with this degree of difficulty attached to it. And what I mean by that is that trying to service and support a Tesla in a country where it's not officially sanctioned or if, you know, they're not officially supported, that's a lot harder than importing a, say, a, a Corvette or, you know, any, literally anything else that's a reasonably standard internal combustion engine car and can, you know, you can find a mechanic who can, you know, more or less work his way, his or her way around it. Now, not to always bring everything back to the DeLorean with me, but that is my background in specialty cars to this point. And there are a number of unique similarities between the Tesla and DeLorean ownership experiences, including in this case. Now, it's what I mean by that is for, for many years, for many years, I'm talking like the back half of the 80s and all of the 90s especially, and I didn't come onto the DeLorean scene until the mid-90s when I really, you know, I got my license and I started to take that childhood interest from Back to the Future and turn it into a full-fledged obsession doing my research, joining, there was a news group for all of you uh, who are old enough to remember news groups as Maggie the Boxer drinks up behind me. Uh, I I bought my car, my DeLorean, in 99, and that's when the internet had really started to bring everything together. But uh, again, you know, back half of the 80s after DeLorean shut down and, and again, all of the 90s, the all DeLorean owners had were each other. And people back then worked together and they helped each other out in order to keep the cars roadworthy so that they could keep it, that the owners could keep enjoying them. So bringing this back around to Tesla, I want to say kudos to Igor and that passionate, dedicated group of Russian Tesla owners out there. You guys and girls bring exactly the kind of positive energy to the community, the Tesla community, that we can all be inspired by, whether you're an owner now or whether you're, you know, someone like me who's just an enthusiast who's, again, that, that out press, that face pressed up against the glass, looking in, hoping to get inside, that, that when we do get inside, when I do get in that club that from, the, from the owner's perspective, that that's the kind of example of of owner that is being set out there in Moscow. So just kudos to all of you. Brilliant job. I just love what all of you are doing to support Tesla, to support the enthusiasm for the brand, but also, you know, most importantly, to support each other. All right, come right back here. We'll do the Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls. Got, let's see, one, two, three of them queued up for you this week. And then again, stay tuned after that for the Casey Spencer interview right after this. All right, it's your turn. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, the part of the show where you can call in with your questions, comments, discussion topics. We'll play your calls and then talk about them, whether you want to respond to me, respond to a fellow listener, or just bring up something interesting for uh, for all of us to ruminate on. So I remind you that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, you can call the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime toll-free at 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Uh, Wanted to quickly shout out the gentleman who called 
did not leave a name, so I can't give him a, a proper shout out, but he ordered his uh, he ordered a Tesla and used Michael from Milbray's referral code. So I want to say thank you for that. Michael thanks you, I thank you, and I'm glad you got $1,000 off and enjoy your new Tesla. Uh, I would just wish I knew your name so I could properly shout you out. But uh, anyway, I do appreciate you calling in regardless. Let's go now to Carl from Pennsylvania who has a vault that he uh, fancies seeing in pop culture. He gets a kick out of when it shows up in TV, movies, etc. and wonders if Tesla has uh, has managed to worm its way into pop culture at all. So, Carl, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Carl from PA. I'm a big fan of pop culture, and I currently drive a Chevy Volt. And my community was really excited when the Volt showed up on Silicon Valley and on um, The Muppets. Kermit used to drive a Volt on that show. And I was just thinking of if the Teslas have ever shown up on any movie or TV show. I was thinking about that, and I couldn't remember ever seeing one. So I was wondering if you had any uh, recollection of ever seeing one on a TV show or movie or even a cartoon. All right, thanks. Bye. Carl, the timing of your call could not be more perfect because I I just so happened two nights ago over this four-day Thanksgiving weekend here in the U.S., I just watched a movie with a Model S in it, and it's about the only one that I'm aware of. I feel like it might have made like a cameo in something else, but uh, in the film, in this film that I'm about to mention, it's really in there. It's really uh, got a little nice bit part. And that movie, I know you're all going to laugh, but it's uh, The Brothers Grimsby. Yes, the, the Sasha Baron Cohen film where he's a soccer hooligan who finds his long-lost brother... Uh, who happens to be a super spy, and shenanigans happen. Uh, and the, the the car shows up relatively early, and I, I mean, okay, if you want to consider this spoilers for the Brothers Grimsby, I guess you could skip ahead a minute or two if you don't want it spoiled for yourself, but the Tesla in the film is a James Bond-style car, belonging, obviously, to the super spy brother. It's got missiles that shoot out from the rear license plate. It's got bulletproof glass, and then it's got a rebreather hidden inside the steering wheel where uh, where the airbag would normally be. It gets totally destroyed in the early portion of the movie, or at least a, a CG version of it does, because it, uh, it ends up... In, it, the way it's destroyed makes it pretty obvious that it wasn't real, but... Um, I, I know that the S has shown up in a couple of other places, but like I said, it actually has a lot of significant screen time in Brothers Grimsby. You can, you can clearly see, like, there's one point, one point where the car sort of backs up and you clearly see, like, Model S on the back. You know, they didn't de-badge it or anything like that. Uh, still waiting, by the way, for the Model X's first major motion picture credit to pop on IMDb. I don't believe the X has yet made its major motion picture debut. On this note, by the way, this call got me thinking, this reminds me of something else uh, that I saw that was online this week, and then I just saw this teaser was attached to Moana. I took my uh, daughter to see Moana, which was excellent, by the way, if you've got if you've got sort of Disney film-aged kids. If you've seen the teaser, the, the, it's the first teaser for Cars 3, if you, or if you haven't seen it, rather, you should take a look. So it's a, it's a, it is the teaseriest of teasers you could possibly imagine. But uh, there's an electric race car that's prominently featured in the teaser. It's, it's sort of, it's almost the focal point of the teaser and for the first half of it. Now, in it, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. You'll see the teaser. We see Lightning McQueen just just wrecking in spectacular fashion at the at the end of it. It sort of cuts to black as he's flipping through the air and about to just wreck on the ground, you know, whether he's going to explode or whether he's just going to shatter, you know, just completely get mangled. But it cuts to black right there with the with on-screen text that goes to a black screen that says, from this moment, everything will change. Now, this is after this... this electric race car has been prominently sort of moving through the pack up towards Lightning McQueen. So I am curious if it's possible, hear me out here, 
<laughs> Hear me out. Is it possible that Lightning McQueen could quote-unquote die, but then be, again, quote-unquote, reborn as an EV in Cars 3? Because, of course, there's no way Pixar straight-up kills off Lightning McQueen. That is 99.99% not happening. But think about this. Pixar is local here in the Bay Area. They're in Emeryville, which is just across the, the uh, Bay Bridge on the Oakland side. They're right there. They're in the heart of Tesla country here. Many people at Pixar probably own Teslas, and they I guarantee everyone that works there sees them on a daily basis, whether it's in their own parking lot or just out and about on the roads. Uh, Pixar is, is a whole gated complex, by the way. That's why I say sort of in their own parking lot, because it's, I actually got to, I got a chance to go there once for work for the Toy Story 3 video game. So yeah, like my name had to be on a list and I had to check in with the, the guy at the gate. It was crazy, but that place is awesome. That campus is amazing. Anyway, um, I think about this. If Pixar, a very, you know, they're, it, like it or not, inf they influence children. Their movies, you know, they're, any, any movie will influence a child in particular. Uh, think about what if they turn one of their most iconic characters into an electric vehicle. And that's what kids think is cool. Like they say, oh, Lightning McQueen's an electric car. Mommy, do we have an electric car? Are we getting an electric car? I really think it could be huge for the future of EVs. I just, so don't laugh. You might think I'm crazy here. I mean, I guess laugh if you want. I can't hear you. <laughs> but you could call in and laugh at me, I guess. But think about it. Kids already think Teslas are cool. I've seen many stories, many YouTube videos. Kids love Tesla as it is. But Lightning McQueen being transformed into an electric vehicle, if in fact that happens will only help spread the EV message farther and wider. So I really hope I'm right about this. I would love for this to be a thing. I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on future trailers and teasers and see what happens. Next up now, Andrew from Canada uh, has a little hypothetical scenario he's been running through in his head uh, with regard to his Model 3 of the future. And uh, he has a comment on supercharging and the free or not free version of it. So let's go to Andrew. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrew from Canada calling. I thought uh, a couple comments for you. I thought, first, I thought uh, one for the comedic section. I just thought of a funny scenario I thought the other day I thought I'd share. Um, once, say, I get my Model 3, it's fully autonomous. I take my uh, children to the museum or something like that. And uh, while we're in the museum, my phone battery dies or it breaks or something happens to my phone. Meanwhile, my wife, who's at home, needs to go somewhere, so summons the car. She heads off somewhere, and unbeknownst to us, suddenly we go outside and our car is gone. I'm sure that'll be a minor issue that'll be totally solved by Tesla, but I just thought that would be kind of a funny occurrence that could uh, potentially happen. Uh, second comment I had is... Uh, it's interesting for me to see all of this, uh, lots and lots of press going on and uncertainty going on around what sort of charges are going to be uh, occurring around superchargers, supercharging, whether it's long distance or local, at this, that, and the next thing. Um, and to me, it seems like over a, the purchase of a $35,000 vehicle, many people are splitting hairs. I mean, even minor charges on supercharging, say no supercharging was free at all, um, it would still be a pretty significant cost savings over uh, a gas vehicle and um, would still very much benefit the environment and still make Teslas a far better purchase than any other electric vehicle on the market purely because of how prolific superchargers are. Uh, equivalent Chatamo chargers are likely to be more expensive than uh, superchargers, uh, the rates that Elon has, has talked about. Uh, Chatamo will still probably be more expensive 
And uh, what Chattamoe stations do exist, there's often one, two, maybe three charging charging heads available, whereas, you know, at a typical uh, Tesla supercharger, there's anywhere from, you know, at the absolute minimum, four, six, or, you know, in the case of some of the bigger ones, up to 20 uh, chargers. So I feel like there's a lot of worry about a fairly... What's, what's a very minor detail and a very awesome service that is going to be available to Tesla Model 3 owners and is currently available to many Tesla owners. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Bye. Andrew, thank you for the call. You're not wrong about supercharging if it wasn't free. You're right that it would still be a cost savings and it would still be better for the environment. But my take on this is that we're still trying to break through the ice just break the ice with society at large here. If you're listening to this, you already are open to an EV world. If you can sell society at large on the message of free interstate travel, that's going to get a lot of people to consider that electric car where they otherwise maybe wouldn't have necessarily done that. You know, it might it might just get that that first thought going for them, get them their foot in the door to click on that Tesla website or just, you know, do a Google search. I mean, you can argue, of course, that the Model 3 will have to be a good enough car on its own, regardless of supercharging, in order to, to convince people to give an EV a chance. But always remember, a nary a show goes by, bring it back to Elon's goal and the goal of Tesla Motors. I'm not going to repeat it because you're tired, probably tired of hearing me say it. But that's why, that is why I think it's important for quote unquote free supercharging, even if that free is a limited amount of free each year, to be a part of the Model 3 message. Final call this week comes to us from Matt out in Cincinnati. He is curious if he uh, might be able to get his Model 3 earlier by coming to get it himself. You know, we've heard about the sort of variables that are going to go into delivery for Model 3s. They, those factors being whether you're a Tesla or SpaceX employee, whether you are an existing Tesla owner, whether you are buying a performance version, and whether you live on the West Coast. So uh, let's hear what Matt is curious about with regard to uh, a possible way to shorten his weight. Matt, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Matt from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, fairly new listener to the podcast, so hey, thanks for doing uh, the podcast. I love listening to it every week. Um, I was catching up on some older episodes, and I, I caught the comment where you had mentioned whether or not you would have your Tesla delivered or if it uh, you know, had picked up from the factory. And uh, being from Cincinnati, uh, sort of on the east end of the country, and I thought to myself, now, I wonder if Tesla will open up the option for, you know, if, if myself or somebody from another part of the country would travel to the factory if I could, you know, pick up my Model 3 along the same timelines as people from the West Coast. You know, I don't know if that would cause any problems with them with, you know, tons of people, you know, going and getting their, their Teslas and then driving them back, uh, you know, utilizing the supercharger network to get back to their home. But, uh it was uh, an interesting thought I had. Um, I just want to reach out, say thanks for uh, putting all the information in the podcast out there for you, and uh, have a great day. Welcome to the show, Matt, first of all. Thank you for giving this podcast a try. I, I do sincerely appreciate it. However, <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think you coming out here to the Bay Area to take factory delivery is going to help you get your car any sooner. Now, of course, I can't be sure, don't take my answer as gospel, because we don't yet know which of those variables I mentioned before your call will factor the heaviest. But the reason that West Coast deliveries are being given priority, one of the priorities, is because they'll be cl- that means the cars will be closer to the mothership in Fremont and just here in California in general, where Tesla has the most and the densest service infrastructure in case any issues arise in the early cars, which let's be honest, they're probably going to. So they're going to want to keep those cars close 
to service centers close to the mothership just in case. Thus, you taking your car right back home to Cincinnati after picking it up out here probably isn't going to fit into that uh, sort of strategy for Tesla, that quality control strategy. So uh, I don't expect that to, uh, to aid your quest to get your car earlier. Now, if you are, you didn't, I don't think you said whether or not you are a existing owner or not, but uh, the, probably the best thing you could do to get your car as soon as possible uh, is, well, hopefully one of, one of the two, two things, one of which you've hopefully already done, which is maybe you camped out and you got your reservation at the earliest possible moment. That is item number one, factor number one. Factor number two would be to order a performance car. Now, uh, who knows, you know, I don't know what you're, what you're eyeing, which spec, what sort of, uh, what you're after, but that is the other way that you will likely see your car sooner rather than later. Thank you for the call. Regardless, Matt, uh, I wish I had slightly better news for you, but uh, hopefully I could at least clarify that for you. Again, if you want to call in, you can do so anytime, 24-7, day or night. It's a toll-free call or Skype. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back after this. I'll do the plugs. And then, as I said at the top of the interview, the slightly, the less than ideal audio quality interview be the very, very last thing uh, just in case it doesn't sit right in your ear and and, uh, you don't want to listen to it anymore. You'll have at least heard the whole show first. So... Be right back with a few housekeeping items right after this and then the interview. So stay tuned. All right. First up, I want to mention that I would be mighty grateful if you would happen to take a look at my Patreon page if you have not already. The site is patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Tesla podcast, uh, a lot of time, energy, a lot of hours, uh, and love goes into the making of this podcast every week. So I've got a page set up on Patreon where if you'd like to support me, thank me, uh, you can do so there. You can pledge anywhere from $1 all the way on up to as much as you'd like. I uh, sincerely appreciate it. Any and all consideration there. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And if it won't fit in 140 characters, you can always email me. The uh, email address for the show is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Abstractocean.com is a wonderful Tesla site. They've got a lot of neat Tesla accessories there. They've got LED lighting kits for your your, uh, S or X. They've got the silicone key fob pockets to keep your S or X key from wiggling away on you. They've got cool Tesla lanyards. So uh, take a look, and they have been kind enough to offer up a 20% off coupon for member, members, listeners of this podcast. So uh, get everything you want in your shopping cart, and then at checkout, enter the coupon code RTLPODCAST, and that will get you your 20% off of your order. I want to mention as well, if you're buying a Tesla this time of year the, here for, uh, for the holidays, whether it's an inventory car that you can... Uh, have then in time to put a big bow on for yourself or someone else in your life, uh, or you're just going to order one and get it delivered to you before the free supercharging for life goes away, get yourself $1,000 off of that car with this referral code. Put this into your browser, and it'll take you to the design studio where you can configure your car and order it with the $1,000 discount. It's ts.la slash Michael 2204. That's Michael spelled the traditional way of M I C H A E L. T S dot L A slash Michael 2204. I want to thank Dave T for supporting this show each and every week. He's uh, kind enough to mention me at the bottom of his Tesla weekly newsletter, which I highly encourage you to sign up for. Dave delivers a nice roundup of the week's Tesla news right to your email box every Friday morning. The site that to sign up for free is teslaweekly.com. And of course, teslarati.com, Gene, Electric, Jen, 
The fine crew there does a wonderful job covering Tesla on a day-to-day -day basis on their site. They're also very kind to uh, give a mention to this show just about every week to help get the word out, which I sincerely appreciate. So visit teslarati.com. And I think that's just about everything. Ah, of course, the Patreon producers, the very kind souls who support the podcast at the $20 per month level or higher. And those kind souls are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, and Michael Lucas. Uh, by the way, a quick word to, to Joe Edgel from the D.C. area who had called in. If you wouldn't mind emailing me, that would be super helpful for what you had called in about. We, that's the easiest way to get back to you on that. Teslapodcast at gmail.com. And before I cut to the Casey Spencer interview, I just want to say to my friend Jeff, thank you. Thank you very much. You know why, Jeff. I know that's cryptic and dumb for me to do to all of you guys, but I just wanted to sneak in that little, that little thank you for Jeff. All right, without further ado, I'll play the theme song one more time as if we're going to the outro. Uh, actually, no, I won't. Never mind. We'll just do the regular bumper, five-second bumper, and then right into the Casey Spencer interview again. Casey, awesome Model S owner who has done all sorts of neat stuff for the Tesla community, uh, which you're going to hear all about right now. So I sincerely hope you enjoy the interview. And again, I sincerely, I'm so, I apologize so much for the technical failures of my microphone that just uh, did its best to ruin this. But hopefully I was able to correct it enough in the Audacity software to, to make it a, a good listening experience for you. Anyway, thank you to Casey Spencer. By the way, I did get to thank him for sitting down with me. But enjoy the Casey Spencer interview. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you guys next week. I'm very pleased to be joined by uh, someone whose name you may recall. I've reported on him before. His name is Casey Spencer. He is the world EV range record holder, uh, comma, hacker. <laughs> Casey, is, uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. So uh, it was, it's been great to meet you. I've, I've covered your 550-mile world record uh, run in your Model S both last, was it this year or still or last year already? I can't even keep track. Anyway. Last year. <laughs> Last year. Yeah. So what made you want to try and set that record? So I'd just been reading about Jordan Island's record, and I had a lot of free time at the time, and I'd always wanted to like just drive around the country because, I mean, I have the Model S, and because of the supercharger network, it, sure. it makes the country as a whole more accessible. So I decided what better way to get a sort of a better visualization of the country to kind of see the country then also set a record at the same time kind of kill two birds with one stone sure. so to speak um so it just seemed like a great opportunity uh what did you do to prepare both with the car uh and the route and and honestly with your own body like in the mm -hmm. 24 hours before how do you because it was a 26 hour run mm -hmm. so what are what are the the preparation steps for the the route, the car, and yourself? So for, I want to say at least, uh, definitely at least two weeks, maybe about a month beforehand, uh, I did some prep work on a few EV range estimator websites to try and figure out the best routes. Uh, and it just so coincidentally happened to align with some weather patterns that we're about to go through, uh, Colorado and Kansas, that would essentially set a specific route to have a tailwind almost the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I would start right before the rainy season, and it would start at night, go through most of the day. Basically, I would hit the right weather pocket so that it would be approximately the best uh, temperature for the battery as well. Um, so that was just luck. And as far as prepping the car, that was um, just getting rid of everything in it that I could. I usually keep a lot of stuff in my car just because yeah. I'm a bit cluttered. But um, I only had some food. A pillow blanket, some like basic travel stuff. I spent most nights in the car, and um, I did what Bjorn did. Bjorn had a good idea of putting test in the back of the window, that big sign. 
I to did let that. people know that you were going slow. Yeah, exactly. I did that too. Um, and whenever I encountered traffic, I would set the hazards on. And as far as prepping myself, um, I just slept a lot the day before. <laughs> slept for a long time. Uh, did everything I needed to do as far as uh, personal relief goes yes. beforehand. <laughs> um, and uh, I just I just did it. I mean, there was really nothing more to it. I just got in the car. And I set my brain to low power mode, and I just went sort of like meditation, and I just did it. And yeah, because you went, you were doing twenty-two miles per hour, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was you calculated. That was the ideal speed yeah. to do this at. On Tesla's website, they have like an energy consumption graph. Yeah. And the maximum inflection point looked to be at about twenty-two. Um, so that's just what I set the cruise control for. Were you were you praying that no police officers would pull you over thinking you were a, a drugged out maniac? Yeah. Uh, so there's one point I passed through one small town. I think it was Colorado Springs. Um, and as I was entering it, uh, I saw in my rear view camera a police officer tailing me for about two minutes. And I could only imagine he was just running my plates. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then after after a while, so I, you know, my heart was really beating. I was really nervous, and so on. But then after those two minutes, he just kept going because again, I had tests in the window, hazards on. Um, and you, you you clearly must not have uh, any outstanding warrants no, for your arrest. No, fortunately not. Or yeah, this like is that. yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> I do not. Um, you know what they say: you can do anything you want as long as you don't get caught. You know. Um, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> anyway, so out of Colorado Springs. Uh, at this point, so I didn't take any like main freeways or anything. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, rural freeways that, you know, just a center, uh, broken divider that at any time anybody could pass me. Um, except for two miles out of Colorado Springs, there was, um, there was construction. And so the freeway narrowed down to one lane. And so it's a real happy campers behind you. Yeah. So for, I don't even know how many miles I saw semis, tons of other cars behind me for like a two mile stretch. And I felt like such a jerk but again i was like i, I can't oh, sorry yeah. yeah i was committed fortunately though um i can only assume it's because colorado people must be very nice nobody flipped me off nobody honked really i was very surprised yeah you do that in la in oh Cal- my god say california yeah. would not fare as well they just run me off the road <laughs> um but then a little further out uh at this point most people like everybody uh if they come up behind me they just pass me no problem yeah and, uh, but a truck came up behind me and he wasn't passing me. And so I, it was making me nervous. I was like, why aren't you passing me, dude? Come on. Yeah. It's like that, and, uh, like that, uh, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trucks. Uh, and so he stays behind me and I saw something on his plate. I forgot what the initials were, but it made me think like, is he highway patrol? And the second I thought that I'm not exaggerating. The second I thought that hidden lights and like his grill started going off, it was a cop. Uh-oh. So I'm freaking out. He's pulling me over. I pull off to the side. I'd never been pulled over before. Wait, in a semi truck? No, no, a semi. No, okay. um, just like a normal pickup. Gotcha. Truck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cop in a semi. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, so I'm pulled over. I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, oh my god, my record's over. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it. I'm freaking out. Uh, so he comes up to the side. He says, you know, license registration. I hand it to him, and I have like a camera hanging down from the roof, laptop next to me. Nothing else in the car. It says test in the rear in the uh, uh, rear window. Yeah. And he says, all right, what are you doing 22 for? <laughs> and I just lied through my teeth. Really? Yeah. I said, you, oh. You didn't I, think that the, the truth would fly in that scenario? No. Oh, officer, I'm just setting a record here. <laughs> I'm just setting history. Don't you want to be a part of it? Yeah, no, I don't think that would have worked. But... So I said to him, oh, I'm just, I, I, oh, and I had this Tesla jacket on. Yeah. So I said, I, I work for Tesla and uh, we're, we're testing a new motor and we push it a little too hard and it, it won't go any faster than 22. So I'm just limping to the nearest service center. Right. There were, there are like no service centers in <laughs> that part of Kansas. Um, so I said, uh, oh, I'm just limping over there. And he says, you can't tow it. And I said, no, you can't because that'll mess with the motors. And that's true. I mean, it's true. That's why you flatbed it. But uh, said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just limping over there. And he said, all right, uh, what kind of car was this? Because I was like, it's weird to think like anybody doesn't know yeah, when, what I mean, Tesla is. Yeah, when you're in California, we're yeah. used to it. Yeah, but, but I was in rural Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, and so we had no idea what Tesla was. So I was like, 
And so that took me aback. He's like, what do you uh, mean? He's like, what kind of car is this? And so then we talked for like 10 minutes about what Tesla does. At one point, he asked me, like, how the fuck do you even open the door? And then again, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, because the, the handles were retracted. So I was like, oh. And so I just unlocked it and they slid out. He's like, holy shit. So, <laughs> so that, that turned out pretty good. And then he just let me go. Um, he said, you know, uh, if a car comes up behind you again, just turn off into the shoulder a little bit more, let him pass you. I was like, okay. And so that's just what I did from that point on. Um, if anybody came up behind me, I just went out to the shoulder, stayed at 22, and then they would just pass me. Um, so that was the one time I stopped. So uh, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take that opportunity to pee on the side no. of the road? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. By the way, Casey, on the phone is, in fact, that state trooper that you lied through your teeth to. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm kidding. But, What's the statute of limitations <laughs> on things like but, that? Yeah, so uh, how do I put this? So 26 hours, you, you said you, you, you physically prepared yourself. Did you hold it that long, or did you? Were you wearing like an adult diaper? Just because that—that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So, as a coder, I have tons of experience in self-deprivation and being able to just sit in one spot for days on end. Yeah, uh, we're basically a slight evolutionary branch off of the human species. <laughs> so, uh, I have plenty of experience in that department. So, yeah, I, I had no problem just wow, sitting that, there. That is impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Oh, Twenty-six you. hours, and then. Uh, did you did your entire body drain out of you <laughs> when you got out of the car? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was another record. <laughs> that was another record. Oh man. Uh, so, you know, I I'm not a Tesla owner yet, but I've sort of you know in, in following Tesla so closely, you know, the, uh, I, and I and as a former DeLorean owner, I know that you, you get there's like a common set of questions that you get asked all the time, and one of them I'm pretty sure is. How far can it go on a charge? Mm-hmm. So as the world record holder, 550 miles, what is your answer to that question when somebody is asking you, hey, how far on ch- can that thing go on a charge? It depends on who's asking, but I, <laughs> most people say, oh, about 270 miles, but to the right person, I'll say 550, asterisk. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> since you have, a, you have an 85D, mm-hmm. since that time that you broke the record, the 90D has come out mm-hmm. with an estimate with an EPA range of 288 miles, mm-hmm. and now we have the P100D mm-hmm. at 315 with the almost certain inevitability of the non-performance 100D that's probably going to push the 350 mile range or so. Uh, do you are you aware? Do you know? Has your record is it is the, does the record still stand? And uh, have you been tempted to try and get your hands on one of those cars to 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 either re-break the record or just extend your own record? As far as I'm aware, no one else has broken my record. because uh, So there are plenty of cars now that could beat it easily, but the barrier to entry here is nobody is quite as mentally unstable as I am <laughs> to attempt it. So fortunately, uh, no one is willing to go that far. But uh, yeah, somebody easily could. Just get in the car and do it. It's just a matter of having the time. It, it takes the uh, intestinal fort, or more more specifically, the the bladder fortitude. Yeah. To be able to pull it off. Yeah. Somebody, with, somebody with on the right hardware. Somebody on Twitter, um, after my record, it, it might have even been you. I don't remember, but somebody tweeted at me um, the bladder of steel achievement. That was um, me because yeah. I was making a reference. That was a video game reference. I mean, yeah. you play some games, but uh, if you know Rock Band, yeah. There is an achievement on the Xbox version of the old old Rock Band game called Bladder of Steel where you play all 50, I believe it was 57 songs on the disc without pausing. Mm-hmm. Just when you go through the whole game, you get an achievement called Bladder of Steel. So I thought that you, uh, you had certainly earned that. Mm-hmm. And then some. Um, do, you, do you want to take another shot at it with... Uh, you know, at some point in the future, I don't know, are you, if you're planning to get a Model 3 or or, uh, or upgrade your Model S at some point. Mm-hmm. So my plan is that I am most likely going to trade in my Model S for a maxed out Model 3, assuming a, a few things about the Model 3. I can't know that for sure until they release the final spec. Right, like what the um, maximum range will be on the yeah, big battery. Maximum range, maximum performance, price range. But So right now, I am planning to do that. And my plan is, the second I pick, the, pick it up from the factory... I'm heading right to where I will attempt the next record. 
and I'm keeping where I'm going to do that a little bit of a secret, sure, but it it's... won't it won't be the same route because some people kind of put an asterisk next to my record because oh you start in Colorado, ended in Kansas, took advantage of weather. So that's but that's the point. It's a record. Yeah, it's you're, a hyper mining record. Yeah, yeah it, mm, <laughs> I see their point. I personally go back and forth. I think it counts, but I see their point. So to make sh- absolutely sure no one can say that again. Yeah, I have found a place on the East Coast that is absolutely flat. Google can't even calculate a um, elevation difference from point A to point B. And I will just go back and forth in 50 mile stretches over and over and over again for as long as the car can go. And then no one can question the <laughs> well, fortitude of my Are record. you actually in the Guinness Book of World Records? Have you been contacted? No. I could be. That's I re- a shame. Yeah. I you recorded everything. Yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell, I, it does qualify. Uh, but this was more. This wasn't really for um, like a Guinness thing. This was more of like a community thing, yeah. just showing that the Model S can do it. Um, this is more of like a fun thing. Um, so I, I didn't really plan on going like absolutely like official, like yeah. But it's just like it's it's a good story kind of thing. Well, and you talk about good stories. That that's why I like you. And I said on my podcast, oh, I would love to. If you're ever in town, I would love to meet you. And here we are. Uh, you reached out actually after hearing that, uh, and now that now that you're you're in fact in the Bay Area for a little while because. I just love how you just contribute so positively. You're doing positive things with the Tesla to spread its positive message, including uh, you also have taken your car to the track. You've, you've, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. You've, you have the record. Is it the record for the 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 that the quarter mile record for the the 85D, like the non-performance, or is um, it just your? Remind me what your. I know you've done some track stuff. I'm not sure. Refresh my memory here. Uh, as far as I know. I have the record for most consecutive runs in a Model S and a record for most consecutive wins in a Model S. Maybe that's it. Um, I think. I'm not 100% sure on those. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I do go to the track quite a bit, and I made a video about um, doing the 28 runs consecutively in the 85D, then assessing the performance and getting some, yeah. like, idea for, like, how the battery Im- Im- impacts performance and things like that, because I'm about statistics and i love having information the more information the better it's part of the reason i love tesla because they make all that so accessible and so i thought you know i I was in a spot where i was like do i want to get a performance variant should i just settle for like maximum range 85d and i settled for the 85d again you know i should probably put like quotes around settled (laughs) Uh, (laughs) zero to 60 in four seconds is pretty good and so my testing showed that it can actually do zero to 60 in 3.7 and so they advertise somewhere around 4.2, but yeah. real world 3.7. And so I thought that's something that people would like to know. So that's why I made that video. Yeah, and you're, I love that video because it's, it's. Uh, I love the way it's put together of of the the like track managers all like he's back again for <laughs> like it's it's like they can't get rid of you, mm-hmm. uh, but you just keep going and keep and keep running the car, and it's just like no, look, it's because there there is that. I suspect your motivation there was that there. There is that, um, not that it's a misconception, but because there is some truth to it, but, oh, well, you can only get those high-end performance numbers for one or two runs, and then the state of charge mm-hmm. severely limits you. And, and that is a bigger factor on the performance models, mm-hmm. but you're, on your 85D, you're, it's pretty rock steady, is was your whole point. Yeah, um, so there is a pretty, pretty easily discernible downward trend as the charge lowers, but on average, I was still pulling about 3.9, started with about like 98% battery, ended the day with somewhere around 50 or 60%. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of people saying online like, oh, this guy did these uh, drags and ended at like 20. That's absolutely not true. I ended with, like like I said, 50 or 60, which is plenty Sure. for drag racing for like eight hours or however long I did it. Um, but yeah, so even at my slowest, at my slowest is when I started to hit around 4, 4.1, 4.2. So at the car's slowest is at their advertised speeds. I love that about Tesla, don't you? Because they, they, they've done that the, their whole, since the Model S came out, they've always undersold the performance of the cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, because I think the original P85, I think they called it like 4.4, but mm-hmm. then people were regularly clocking it at 4.2 and 4 flat. Yeah. They've done this. I hope they continue to do that, like even with uh, Model 3. Yeah. I hope they just keep... Keep underselling it so that when we get it home, it's even better than, yeah. <laughs> than expected. Yeah. Uh, now, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, because this is already, we're, this is going so well, this is going longer than I thought it would, but that's okay. You're working on a project with some other engineers that you're call, calling Tesla Pathic. Mm-hmm. 
please tell me about this because I saw it on Electric this week and it fascinated me. So Teslapathic, that, um, that's more or less over for the most part. Um, in probably about a week, I'll be back in L.A. Um, and all my equipment for it right now and the car is still in L.A. Uh, and so I'll put it all back together and probably record uh, somewhat of a demo, a better demo because what we recorded was like really short. It took place in Berkeley. And that meant there was really no wide open spaces. The, the biggest space I could find was just like a relatively unoccupied part of a parking garage. Mm-hmm. And we had to be near the event we were part of. So we were part of Cow Hacks, which is Berkeley's hackathon. And so we had to stay close because the judges had to come see us. So right. it's not like we could go to like an Air Force base or something and then <laughs> yeah. just like drive the judges out or something. Um, so it's just a quick hop in that video. But when I'm back down in L.A., obviously L.A. is a lot bigger um, much wide op- more open spaces. So I'll find a big field or something like that, uh, make a much better uh, demo. Yeah. But um, basically what it was is, um, so this we made all this in 36 hours. We used an OpenBCI headset, which is an EEG headset, that is capable of taking basically value images of magnetic fields that are created by your brain. You gotta translate this for me. Long story short. <laughs> man, okay, how can I translate that? Uh, so your brain is you're electric. You're controlling the car with your mind. Yes, so your brain is electric, and so it creates magnetic fields. Yes. And so when you think different things, it creates different fields. And so this headset can assign values to those fields and how they change and translate that into code that you can use to do other things with. So we chose to control the Model S with those variations. You rigged up uh, something for the pedal box and, yeah. and the wheel? Yeah. Yeah. So from the headset, we communicated through an RC radio uh, through like some signal processing. Uh, and then the radio controlled actuators on the pedals and a windshield wiper motor on the steering wheel. So <laughs> uh, some people ask me, like, why did I use a Model S? And we actually need an electric car because of the lack of a transmission. Makes sense. Yeah. In an automatic, we'd have to deal with creep, which mm-hmm. could make things a little bit dangerous. And in a manual, we'd have to gear shift, and that wouldn't have made the mechanism way more complicated. Right. So Model S, no transmission, easy. So does it work? Because I saw a quote from you on Electric where you said, mm. it doesn't not work. Yeah. So <laughs> it depends on your definition of work. Like, you can't get in your car and drive to work in it. Right. But you could get in your car and maybe do donuts in a field with it. Uh, <laughs> so, again, it depends on how you define work. Fair enough. Yeah. But still really cool. Have you have you heard from Tesla about either of these accomplishments, either uh, Teslapathic or mm-hmm. your, your range record? I have not, unfortunately. Um, I was a bit bummed because yeah. I was hoping... I was hoping The range record, for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, there was the... There was a blog, there was a, a guy and his son in Florida, like mm-hmm. shortly after the S came out, I remember, where I think it was Tesla that had a, a blog on them. That they set like the original yeah. record of like, I think they got to 300 miles in the original 85 yeah. 85. Yeah. Look they, at you, you're doing 550. I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, it. I don't know, sort of, I mean, you're a coder, you said, I'm not sure uh, sort of how... What, what your sort of day-to-day is, but, I mean, is is the end game for you? Do you want to get hired by Tesla? Is that Absolutely. Yes. I, I wear this Tesla jacket every day because they say, you know, dress for the job you want. Yeah. Right? Um, a friend and I made an Android app recently called Induction, which is, like, um, it does everything the stock uh, Tesla app does, plus all the feature requests that the community often has, like camper mode, mm-hmm. uh, schedule, even as an AI that anticipates, it learns your usage mm-hmm. patterns. Awesome. And does them in advance after it's learned a little bit about you. Um, and it even has quick start, so it loads everything asynchronously. So you can just bring up the app, do what you want to do, close it, and then as it connects in the background, it then executes what you told it to nice. as opposed to waiting. So we've done all this in like hopes that you know we can build our resume, um, eventually apply for an internship. He wants to work there too. So I'm hoping like gradually like pick my way at Tesla's front door. I mean, you're I can't see how they wouldn't hire you if they had actually, but in all seriousness, you know, I I get asked this in my, my career in games media all the time is I want to do what you do. It's like, well, you gotta, you gotta do it. Like, even if you're writing on a, on your own blog that literally no one reads, have something that you can point to, Mm -hmm. to that prospective employer and say, no, I've been practicing this. I've been doing it. See here. And 
I would say you're out there doing it between <laughs> this app and the, the Teslapathic and setting range records. So uh, I do know that there are at least some Tesla employees that listen to the show. Hopefully lots of them. That I can't calculate. But hopefully one of them will hear you and, uh, and drop you a line because... I, I just love what you're doing with the Tesla community and with the car, and I love your enthusiasm, and, and just thanks for sitting down with me. Oh, thank you. I mean, like, seriously, any opportunity I have to talk about Tesla is an opportunity I love to take. So here we go. Uh, Casey Spencer, the world EV range record holder and a, a man of many talents. Uh, Tesla hire this man. Casey, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.